Hello, it is Monday, June 21st, 2021. A beautiful day indeed. Great conversation, reaction to everything, including Helen Cell, mm-hmm. some lawsuit litigation talk, Supreme Court talk. Yeah. Mark Schlereth, offensive line talk, basketball. I mean, we, we cover everything today and we can't thank you enough for choosing to join us. If by the end of this thing you enjoy it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like this never, ever happened. Ain't that right? Yeah, just keep moving. Yeah. Two ships a night. We pass, we don't know. You mm-hmm. hate the show? Keep it moving. Don't tell anybody. Just act like it was a regrettable decision to allow us to penetrate your ear holes. But if you like this thing, let's go boots on the ground. Yeah. Guerrilla marketing. Let's go ahead and grow this thing. Say, hey, the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Not a bad show. Actually, pretty good show. Pretty good show. They covered everything. Let's get to it. This is our last week before we are off for a week. And by week, I mean we're off on this Friday as well because we'll be traveling. One of us is getting married this weekend. That's I Schmidt. Here we go. Congrats. We're pumped for you. you. Can't wait to get up there at Boston Connors here as well. We're going back to the Revolution region, pal, Mm -hmm. this weekend. So we'll be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then we're off Friday. Ty's big day. And then we're off that next week. And we'll be back after the 4th of July. We can't wait for it. So we figured, hey. To say thank you to everybody that has watched along and listened alongside of us chatting into these microphones for a long time uh, since the last time we had any real time off around here, gearing up, by the way, for a massive football season. I thought about that on the plane last night. I was like, okay, so we got a hashtag PMS 100K giveaway week, okay, coming up. $100,000 will be given away over the next four days whenever you listen to this show. Now, there are going to watch this show. There are going to be tips and clues that pop on the screen. There's going to be different ways to give away things. Not only will it be $25,000 today, $25,000 Tuesday, $25,000 Wednesday, $25,000 Thursday, but there will also be hilarious little side item prizes for somebody who maybe was close to winning but wasn't, you know, the official winner. For instance, today, we're giving away a golf cart. So one person won a golf cart, one person will win $25,000 today. You will learn how to win that via youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. It'll pop up on the screen sometime in the next three hours or so. And we can't thank you enough for rocking with us. But after 100K giveaway week and a marriage week and then the off week, right around the corner football season. Here we go. I mean, I am fucking excited to be alive. I am uh, thankful to be in this world that we're living in right now and I can't wait for the rest of this week to give away a bunch of money and a bunch of cool things. I can't wait to get up to your guys' part of the world. Actually, sorry, Connor, your part of the world. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for everything. I'm pumped up. And last night, Hell in a Cell was a fucking blast, boys. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a good time. I got a chance to, uh, you know, really sell the fact that I might win an ESPY. That's right. Chance. Oh, yeah. Have we even crashed the site? Allegedly, now you guys are telling me this, not me, because I can't hop on my phone. Allegedly, immediately after the announcement of, hey, please, would be pretty cool to win an (laughs) SB. Because this, you got to remember that SB moment. It all started right here. What did we do? We extended an olive branch to scumbag Adam Cole. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're in quarantine. Everybody's locked down. Let's put our. You know, let bygones be bygones. Right. Let's move along. Let's come together. He was going to be in town for his family. Something was happening. Mm-hmm. He was here. I say, hey, you know what? You're in town. Hey, be safe. Obviously, we're all in the the thing. Come on down. Let's chat. He comes in here. We talk. He loses his shit. Breaks a microphone or two. Yeah. A table. A chair. Yells in my face. By the way, <clears throat> COVID. 
Yeah. Okay. yeah. What are we even thinking? Then he pushes a guy with colitis tie mm -hmm. out of here, which leads to an entire thing that leads to me kicking his soul out of his body while his hero, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, are trying to bring life back into his body afterwards after I get kicked out of there. That's up for an SB. That would be hysterical. Yeah. yeah. That would be absolutely hysterical. Calling a hell in a cell pay-per-view, by the way, hysterical. Mm -hmm. It is a very dumb life we're all living, and I can't thank everybody enough last night was fucking wild though well, i mean look, look there people are hey, just pretty sweet shut up hey i didn't even see this yeah hey listen this is a joke all yeah. right this is a glitch in a simulation this is a goddamn joke it has to be <laughs> nothing on twitter is like this okay i live on twitter i am a person that spends a large amount of time on twitter i've tried to dabble in the other social media platforms okay obviously youtube every single day we're here we appreciate youtube folks. Thank you, YouTube. love youtube great community really cool people i wish i would have started that long ago to be honest mm -hmm. with you but i focused on twitter for a long long time try to get in TikTok last week due to somebody potentially asking whether or not i could do it or not sure. and i said fuck you i could do it without doing the whole song and dance too i could do it yeah there's no chance i do that You're done already there's no chance i do it. <laughs> yeah. as soon as i click on that app it's just mitt's face yelling at yeah, me yeah true okay literally as soon as i click on that and then to do the whole thing i appreciate tiktok over there i think the camera is unbelievable obviously they have a group of people on there that are incredible and very positive it seemed like an awesome awesome place but i spend all my time out of habit and out of like i think i enjoy it the most on twitter for these moments to happen where people are like hey uh they enjoy what you're doing here it's like my people on twitter i appreciate that mm -hmm. i have loved the interactions on twitter it was a cool night man the india uh, the internet wrestling community is this group of people on the internet okay mm. and they feel like they potentially have a monopoly on being a wrestling fan sure okay this is if you're not an actual wrestling fan unless you tweet in our circles alongside us and normally bury everything everything's terrible because we're smarter than everybody that's kind of the internet wrestling community now i have respect for the internet wrestling community because their passion for professional wrestling is something that every single company, business, anything hopes for out of their fans, okay? They're a very passionate bunch. They absolutely love wrestling, okay? They have their entire lives. But at this point, I feel like a lot of them have potentially gotten jaded because a lot of others that they follow on there are pointing out all the negatives. So they become like the harshest group of fans mm -hmm. maybe that I've ever encountered. I, I feel like I've done some things now I've gotten a chance to do a lot of stuff. The wrestling fans, harshest group to get in with, all right? But I knew that because I was on Twitter a lot, and I was also following a lot of people in the wrestling community because I've been a fan of the wrestling community. So I kind of knew what to expect going in. Like, I'm like, okay, these people are going to hate me. Normally in the past, whenever an outsider goes in to do a wrestling match, that person's the baby face, okay? The good guy. And it's because they're promoting whatever, they're the good person. Very quickly... And before we very quickly into the conversation to even potentially lead to any of this stuff, uh, everybody was on the same page, including me. It's I'm the fucking bad guy. Yeah, yeah. They, and, and they were like, uh, they're like, yeah, that not. You know, there was a couple people, not the really high up people, but there was a couple people that were like, no, because the bad guy drives conversation. Bad guy drives match basically because bad guy beats up good guy. Right, that's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. And also, you're going against. 
big bad guy yeah big big bad guy or whatever and i'm like yeah but the conversations i was having and this is before any conversation ha- up top happens high level happens i'm like you know how this com- wrestling community is going to be okay i'm coming in i'm getting an opportunity that all these other wrestlers that were in you know literally busting their asses in bingo halls and gymnasiums and all over the world i'm taking one of their spots i'm also a fan that's getting a chance to do something that everybody has dreamed of i mean i'm the bad guy here i am clearly the bad guy and by the way okay with being the bad guy because i knew exactly what to so it's very cool to know that you're probably going to be bashed by a community when you go in there because you're new, you're taking one of their favorite person's, you know, spots or maybe this happens with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it, this happens, wrestlers, commentators, even interview people, like kickoff panels. This happens in the wrestling world a lot. So to see a lot of love from the internet wrestling community last night, it was very nice. I appreciate you all. I feel like I've tried my best to prove I know what the fuck I'm talking about a little bit. I don't know anywhere near the amount that a lot of you do and everybody else in the business does, uh, but I appreciate the love last night, and I agree, me and Michael Cole fucking killed it. That's right. <laughs> now, with that being said, it's because the matches are awesome. We're only as good as what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but me sitting next to Michael Cole... I am so lucky. Hey, this motherfucker is so good, dude. Yeah, he is. He is a Rolodex of information at all times. Anything I say, it feels like he's in my brain with me. Like he understands either where I'm going or what I'm headed. Last night, he uh, mispronounced counter at one point. That was a fun time. Yeah, that (laughs) happened in the middle of a match. But he's the greatest. I'm literally set up with like five parachutes. I'm having a great time. It's a, uh, but I appreciate it. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. I was down there. Long weekend. Yeah, Yeah. since Thursday. The boys all, uh, including Foxy, went back home for Father's Day weekend. Enjoy it. So I was down in Tampa by myself. I didn't want to board the dogs, you know, this weekend. And then also all next week or put them in their pet palace or Mm -hmm, have family stay at the house or whatever we're going to do. Because it's seven animals, so it's a lot of things. So Sam wasn't able to make it because we're leaving next week. So I was just down there by myself. A lot of me and my thoughts. Sure. All right, that was fun. Played some music. <laughs> yeah. Played some music. Okay, pool. Yeah, there was a pool. I, I mm-hmm. sat outside by the pool. I did I did DoorDash by myself. Wow. Nice. Huh? Hey, here we go. Let's I go. What'd you get? What'd you get? Uh, you know, it, it turns out delivery issues. Oh, oh. Hey, rolling blackouts in the delivery. Yeah, it's tough right now. <laughs> yeah, I actually had to go pick up my food at 7-Eleven, but I did order a DoorDash thing that came four hours later. Okay. Yikes. Because I guess the delivery app was out for DoorDash. I don't know if that was Friday night, maybe, I, I think it had to have been maybe Saturday night. I'm not sure which night it was when I was kind of outside by the pool waiting yeah. for myself. I ordered something, and then it basically said my order was canceled, and there was no oh. people to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Then two and a half hours later, I didn't even notice, um, they found a dasher for me, and then it showed up like three and a half hours later, and the driver, Joshua, sent me a text and said, your food's been sitting here for two and a half hours. They said they will not remake it. I was like, that's ah, cool, bring it on over. <laughs> so yeah. it's four hours late when put it, there's some in the fridge or some, uh, that's gonna be bad by the time we get back down there. Ah. But it was nice to kind of have my own little time down there. Don't love it, obviously. Got lonely at times, just smoked a massive amount of dope down there whenever that happened. But mm-hmm. I went golfing on Saturday. How was it? Okay, so, you know, I text Coach Shipley. Mm-hmm. Of course. 
Super Bowl champion in Tampa Bay. Yeah, the gatekeeper down there. Okay, Thursday night or Friday morning. I don't remember when it was. I texted him. I said, hey, I think I'm going to be alone on Saturday. Is there any golf courses or anything I can just go hit up, you know, spend some time? I was thinking, you know, just go golf by myself, play some music, chill, sure. have, a, have a great time, you know what I mean? He was like, yeah, let me go ahead and because AQ loves golf and he's been down there and won a Super Bowl. So he connects me with some guy, Big Mitch. Okay, Ooh. so Big Mitch, myself, and AQ are on a group text, and this is like five minutes before the show on Friday. Mm -hmm. Okay, Big Mitch then, while the show's happening, puts me in a group text with Big Dan. Oh, okay. Dan! Okay, this is at about 1.30, 1.45-ish, they connect. Big Dan then puts me into a group text with Maddie. <laughs> okay, and, so, and that's like 2 o'clock. And by the time our show ended on Friday, 3.05, 3.10, I had a tea time set Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Okay, okay? Nice. with From Maddie via Big Dan and Big Mitch, all from an AQ call. It was very nice. People were like, AQ calls somebody, hey, he needs to get on a course. They're like, I right, got him, bam, boom. Incredibly hot. Hospitable by Big Mitch, Big Dan, who I still have yet to talk to or meet, but they were just part of a, a kind of a chain <laughs> reaction, yeah, right. a text message thing. I appreciate them. Maddie, cool guy. I say there's no way in fucking hell though I'm golfing 9 a.m. All right? Fair. No chance. No way. I drink a Celsius right before Friday night SmackDown. We got Roman and Rey Mysterio in a hell in a cell. I'm not sleeping until probably 2, 2.33 a.m. maybe. There's no way I'm up to golf at 9 a.m. or whatever. So I say, I'm so sorry. And with all the transactions, I'm like, I'm not golfing with these people. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I, mm -hmm. This is my first weekend alone. I'm not signing up to go golf with fucking big Mitch. Three big guys man. you don't know. I, I don't know who <laughs> these people are or whatever. And Maddie responded me uh, in a private text, and he was like, "Hey, what time you want to golf? At 9 a.m. too early? You have something going on or whatever?" He's like, "I said I think I can make it in the afternoon, but I'm not 100 percent sure." He's like, "All right, cool. One o'clock, you're coming." Basically, he was like, "You're coming." And I never, ever do that. This is something I would never in a million years do. But I'm like, literally, I'm not just sitting here by myself all day. Right. And I don't think there was, other than the golf tourney, which only got a, you know, electric on Sunday, I guess. Yeah. There's really nothing for me to do. So I go, gate for a gate. You hear what? me? There's a gate for a gate. Mm -hmm. We go back, long drive all the way back deep into this beautiful golf course. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous golf course i drive in i park my car i get up there they say uh uh who are you here to meet i say maddie they go oh he's in the back way back or whatever i'm like cool i need to buy some clothes here though i don't have any clothes yeah. so i was looking for a shirt shorts needed a hat and then maddie comes in shakes my hand i go cool which cart is ours no cart we're walking what uh, oh <laughs> well i'm gonna need some some gosh. I mean, some gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we are. He was like, Yeah, what? Well, do you want a cart? He like asked me, Do you want a cart? And I was like, Is that something? He was like, We can get you a cart if you need a cart, but this is like a walking course or whatever. And I'm like, Okay, cool. I've only done this one other time in my life. I was forced to do it then. Okay, this is kind of like one of those feels like I'm not forced to do this. I can leave, but okay, I'll do this. We're going to have a day here. So I get these incredible shoes. Uh, great G4 hat, G-4-F-O-R-E. Great brand. We should think about it, actually. Ooh, okay. They have great hats. It seemed like good shoes, I think, this entire thing. Write that Prob down, Bruce. Probably very expensive, but Bruce or Phil should write that down. <laughs> we should potentially do something with them. Um, so I get this whole thing. We go out there. Ronde Barber's golfing in, our, in, in the group. What? Really? Yeah. Me, Ronde Barber, uh, a guy who, who owns a bank. 
Great guy. Okay. okay. Named Paul, good guy. And then Maddie. And we went out there. We had four caddies. My guy, Tony, fucking top of the line. Ooh. Tony's been there 20 years, 15 years, knows that course inside and out. He knows every single one of those 147 sand traps. Oh, Seven geez. mile course. I walked every foot of them. 5,280 feet in a mile. I walked every single one of them. Seven times on this golf course. Had the time of my life. I had a blast. Rondé Barber, one of the coolest dudes I've never met before. Mm-hmm. I had a, he was awesome. I mean, we were having a good time. There's music. There was nobody else out on the course. I guess not a lot of people golf in the afternoon in Tampa in the middle of summer. It was 100 and fucking 10 degrees. Yeah, there. that makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah. I sweat a lot. I was hot as balls out there <laughs> walking around. Rondé Barber, awesome. Paul, awesome. Maddie, awesome. I met the guy, I think that. Created the Bloomin' Onion, maybe? Get out what? of town. Yeah, I think so. Hey, how's it? hey good course. You have gold hands. It was yeah. awesome, dude. Place was the coolest place I've ever been, I think. How'd so, you play? Yeah. How are we looking with the 20 million? I mean, this isn't your local muni. I assume tough course. So, you know? I, what I've learned is the people that are members there, like, enjoy golf. But they also like the seclusion, I think, of the place. So it has to be a course that they can play on a regular basis that they don't just get bored of. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a pretty fucking tough. It needs tough, to be challenging. Yeah. It is a tough course, I think. Rondé's a hell of a player. I mean, a hell of a player. He was playing, and he was having a good time, too. It wasn't like, hey, boring golf, Rondé. Oh, yeah. It was like, hey, music playing, having a good time. Uh, Paul, the guy, great golfer. Matt, they were all very good golfers, you know. But I think I, I think I kept up. I mean, I mean, I definitely lost out of everybody. But I didn't like slow down, and that was my first time on the course. I was going to say everyone else has played the course, so it's a little different for I, them versus. I got them to pop a couple times early when I told them, you know, I've been hitting the backyard. Let's hope the mat translates to the grass. <laughs> you know, good golf, good golf, We'll see, we'll see. You know, did you play better than you thought you yeah, would? Yeah, yeah, I played pretty good. And I think when you walk, by the way. You don't want to just go zigzag through the entire course because that seven miles becomes 14. Yeah. So I think you like dial in a little bit. And Tony, my fucking caddy, he he eliminated a club from the bag after two bad shots with a club. He said, oh, we don't need the four. Wow. <laughs> Puts it in there. That good. Yeah, he was good. So then the next one probably would have been a four. And he just brings out the five. He's like, here you go. We might have, it might take two, but swing at it, that thing. He gave me like golf lessons through the day. I mean, it was a, I feel like I, I might have played really good golf for the first time ever being out. I shot under 100 by a good bit. There you go. They kept score. I did have to pick up, and there was a big number <laughs> yeah, on yeah. that. But it was like real. It felt like it was uh, – I enjoyed it a lot. I, I really enjoyed it. I think we are out there four hours and 110 degrees. That's oh, not okay. bad. Good four, sweat four and a half hours. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm talking drenched. <laughs> Two shirts. And I got a Red Bull Yodka. Yeah. Okay, it got brought out there, and I didn't have the – so every two holes, there's a water thing where you just get – it's like – they have their bottle on it, but it tastes like Fiji. I mean, it was Ooh. just like, it was the, one of the coolest places I've ever been. Very, I shouldn't have been there, obviously. I shouldn't have been mm-hmm. there. And once I learned the price to get in, I'm like, oh, okay. So we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is fun. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, that's how much I enjoyed it. Like, I had a great time. So it did make you want to, like, go play more. Yeah. Like, I, I yes. Like, I did. Now, Saturday night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., for the first time in, like, 15 years, uh, I get woken up in the middle of the night, both hamstrings cramping. Oh, no. And anybody that's ever, ha! Oh, yeah. Ha! Yeah. Then you try to stretch one, then the other one's tightening up. I did a full leg lock butt drop onto the bed 3 a.m. You know, and you're a little bit half asleep. I haven't had that since college. 
whenever we were going through some workout where you're both your hamstrings just cramp. Normally, when you're growing up, you get like one at a time mm -hmm. or whatever if you're playing sports. Then you get the double one. You're like, oh, this is the worst thing of all time. And only I got it Saturday night after that seven mile walk, Red Bull Yodka drink, like it's a water and a couple holes. I mean, <laughs> I was, I was not in a great spot, but. I would do it again. I don't, I'm still sore to this day. Uh, if I would have had to climb that cage last night, if Boogs would have came out with a guitar, yeah. I'm not sure I would have been able to get up there. <laughs> with the legs? Yeah, I don't think with the legs would have been able to get up there. But I feel like the golf game's coming around. How was your guys' weekend? Everything good? You guys enjoyed? Did you enjoy yeah. yourself? Oh, yeah. We also played golf. Mm -hmm. uh, crazy that it actually took you a less amount of time to walk 18 than you know it did for us to yeah. 18 with a car. It, we, a we had hour. a 2 o'clock tee time. <laughs> We didn't tee off until 2.45. I think they booked about 100 people for 2 oh, o'clock, yeah, so that was nice. Be, but yeah, it was well, a good weekend. Well, 2 o'clock's a good time, too, you know, because you'll catch the tail end of the afternoon, so it might be hot, but it'll cool down. You can sleep in, still get a lunch or brunch there. Well, and the weather was so bad. You know, we flew back Friday night, and it was just pouring, oh, so we man. figured out there'd be nobody on the course, and... Boy, it was beautiful at 2 o'clock, and there were a lot of people there. Father's Day weekend, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's also a wedding there, yeah, so it was poor planning, but... I know. think whenever you... You could have never known a wedding was going to be there. Congrats to them. Yeah. 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 We told them. Shout out love. Okay, you told them congrats? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Driving by. Clack. Woo! Clack. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't while you were walking. It was while you were driving. Yeah, they, were take, they were taking Take pictures. Yeah. Any music playing while you guys were driving by? Who was running the music? Uh, I, I, don't I don't think so. I don't think so. No, yeah, because it was post, you know, running into the uh, little cart room real quick. Oh, see what okay. We're doing. Got it, yeah. Grab a burger. Yeah, grab the, a turn, the, the turn. The turn. There yeah. it is. Yeah, I play golf. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you play a lot more than me, actually. You're pretty damn good. Oh, I would not say that. I, I haven't been sniffing 100 in quite some time, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. Okay. So I think whenever you play with like good golfers, mm -hmm. you know, it makes you better. You have to kind of play their level and it's also much faster. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like even if we're walking, those dudes were walking pretty straight. I mean, right, that, was yeah. a, that wasn't like a, oh, here we go. Get to it. Tony, uh, my caddy, a couple of times said, I've been here before. Not a lot, but you should be right over here. Wow. <laughs> he like had to kick a bush out of the way. There was a moccasin in there. They said there's allegedly a panther that roams the course. Oh, jeez. Florida Panthers. No, thank you. Mm, I was like, what, is a puma? You guys got a puma? Right? There's a jungle cat about to run around here? 16th off to the right. Now, I did not even know we were on hole 18 when we got to hole 18, by the way. Because mm, there wasn't like, there, no, there just isn't like a big pillar that says like you're on the 15th, 16th, yeah. you know? And I think we're playing from, uh, Tips, the yeah, blues. I don't know if it was the tips, but I think it was somewhere back from mm -hmm. where I normally play. Uh, but it was a long conversation with them all day, you know, good conversation. And they all, I think, got on very early there on AJ's side about the $20 million uh, bet. Oh, sure, yeah. Because they heard about it, they learned about it. Mm -hmm. they, had, they had heard about it potentially in this whole thing. Because they knew I enjoyed golf, they said. They heard I liked golf or whatever. And I was like, I like it. I like the thought of it mostly. <laughs> yeah. I like hitting balls. I watch it, okay? I mm -hmm. love watching it. But going out and doing golf... It just takes so much time. I don't. I don't get to do it as much. Not only because the schedule is crazy, but also like mentally wise. I don't know how I can just do something for yeah. so long. Now down there, I think I could do what I did there again on Saturday. That yeah. was. I think I could do it again. I think that's why a lot of people do that type of thing whenever they go golf. But by the end of it, I think now we're all a little bit boozy, know, a potential little boozy golf good. playing there yeah. at the end. But I think I got a couple of them that are like. You can get top 50 one time. Some believers. Now. One time. Yeah. I mean, they were changing my swing as we we're going because that inside out of the pocket thing that I said I was able to do with the clubs, I was I hadn't done with a driver. Mm -hmm. And they were like, same thing. Take it over there. And they were like lining my feet at one point, backing me up a little bit. They put a spot on the ball. They're like, hit that thing right there. Ooh. And it was like, I had like a 350 like 
best drive I've ever had. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it was really coming around. So at the end, they were hyping me up a little bit. Now, that might have been all bullshit, which it probably yeah. was. But whenever you watch some pros play golf, you think to yourself, God damn, these guys are good. Yeah. yeah. But it's then absurd. when you watch these pros play at the U.S. Open, you're like, oh, they're also human. Yeah. Okay. So there is a little bit of a snap hook out of bounds in a massive moment for mm. Wu Stazen. Yeah. There is a potential collapse by big golf ball whacker guy. There is a situation where they look human. It just is very, very, very rare. And I think that's why the U.S. Open every single year is something we look forward to because the U.S. Open, I feel like, has a real sense that it's the course versus the players and we're going to make them pay. There's been snapped clubs in the past. Mm. There's been terrible scores there's normally bitching and complaining by the golfers about whatever's going on on the course whether the rough is too tall the greens are too fast it's just a much different tourney than everything else and on sunday that little thing kind of reared its ugly head for a lot of those golfers and listening to john rom talk about winning not only on his first father's day not only a week less than a week removed from beating uncle covid yeah. and losing out on a few million dollars after a six stroke lead going into the final day but also him saying that in his biggest i forget who was interviewing somebody interviewed him and said his biggest thing was controlling his emotions down the stretch and he said on the back nine he never felt more comfortable even though he saw all the big names on the leaderboard all he wanted to do was get his name up there and he said he felt good he said i hit two putts that i'm gonna remember forever uh he said but it was a great day it was really cool to listen to him speak i've never heard him speak before he seems like an awesome guy and anytime you win when everybody else seems to be struggling it has to feel pretty good like hey i literally gave my best fucking effort and I beat this course that beat everybody else on one particular day one week after COVID took me out mm -hmm. now this leads me to think maybe for that top 50 thing I'm trying to get 20 million out of oh. at least one week before an event that I like I should be trying to get, get whatever COVID, COVID mm -hmm. because I think COVID you get COVID, whatever or, it is at the time, mm -hmm. maybe COVID 40. Yeah, yeah could, could be. be there. However fast, because I, I heard COVID's fucking like rabbits, by the way. Oh, yeah. COVID 20 is already, be, it's mm -hmm. already in the oven. For it's life. moving. It's already, it's cooking. It's mm -hmm. coming out yeah. there. So maybe I'll do that because last week when he definitely had it, he had a six stroke lead over everybody. This week after he beats it, He's the only one that scores negative, basically, on the last day. Yeah. I mean, you tell me. Is COVID make you a better golfer? Research tells me maybe. Possibly. And I will roll the dice with whatever COVID 40s coming whenever $20 million is on the line. But what a day for old fucking John Rom. Good for him. I think everybody was pumped for him. Yeah, it was incredible to watch. And you do feel bad for uh, Oosthuizen because Rom finished a little bit early. And Oosthuizen, like, he just he just had to hold on a little bit longer. And he like the wheels really did fall off for him on the, the last four. Four holes or so and at one point i saw because i was following along on my phone throughout the day yesterday i was in some meetings yesterday by the way really yeah because normally whenever i go over there we go over there it's after the show everything has kind of been done and then we go i was like am i allowed to and cole's like yeah absolutely dude come on so i go to a couple of these meetings i kind of like learn some stuff and i'm like fascinating Okay. The full process. Yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to be here for any of these ever again, but this is very, <laughs> yeah. very fascinating. But I was trying to keep up with everything. There was, uh, TJ was, TJ was watching a basketball game mm -hmm. on his phone, so I got a chance to go check that out. Clippers, Suns, oh my God, okay, Ooh. Suns are about to do it. Yeah, here we go. Suns are about to do it. I was watching, hey, they're six-point lead basically all game, too. It was, yeah. They, like, maintained almost. There was a lot of potential droughts. They didn't, but then I'm watching, uh, yeah, Devin Booker is an absolute superstar. Yeah. Chris Paul, COVID, uh, 
uh, diagnosis post-vaccine. He's in protocol. How long will the protocol be? Shams told us he was going to miss at least the first game whenever he came on the show last week. Devin Booker put the team on his back. That was fun to watch. Uh, good for Devin Booker. Good for the Suns. They have not lost, obviously, since. Of course. Suns and four. four. The profit. And also, Clippers fans got knocked out last oh, night. Man. You don't go into the desert. Just don't go into the desert right now and try to fuck with anybody, okay? Wow. That sun's hitting them different. That COVID sun that hit the Phoenix Suns uh, fans is a little bit different than, I guess, L.A. and Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a couple fans have come into the desert and they've got run out of the goddamn thing with some yes. fists in their mouth. Yeah. There was a follow-up inter- interview to Suns and Four Guy who got his ass kicked. He said he didn't get that beat up. He just scratched his nose. Yeah. Oh. I didn't get demolished. Uh, there's potentially a rough and rowdy coming. Dave Portnoy, I guess, is trying to uh, make that happen. That's good business. Would love to see round two. Uh, after watching the follow-up interview of the guy that got beat up by the Suns and Four Guy, mm-hmm. uh, I would bet every dollar I have on the Suns and Four Guy in a follow-up fight, too, where they both know they're going to fight each other. <laughs> okay. I, just, mortgage. Just for future, yeah. Just for future reference. But then I'm keeping up with the golf tourney on my phone with alerts and texts from you guys mm-hmm. it was almost uh it was almost brooksy and brooksy it was close hey yeah. that was that was one two i think five four right yeah i mean at the turn pretty much and boy dechambeau just melted down on the back i think he was eight over on the back but yeah i mean going into the turn like the the leaderboard i mean it was you know all recognizable names and then they did everyone kind of just choked down the stretch except for rom okay so let's get to a break Big shout out to the U.S. Open. Shout out. Huge. Hell of an entertaining day to follow along with. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Big thanks to Helen Sell. Hope everybody had a, uh, yeah, I mean, Come see, on. it's tough to celebrate this type of thing. Okay, because I was testing. So I bet on our theory. The research yeah. told me. That's right. That COVID makes you a better golfer mm-hmm. if your name is John. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Co- My COVID research told me that one week ago. All right. So... I that's the type of better I am. Let's go ahead and test it. I put five hunch on him on like Wednesday or something mm-hmm. like that. Quick plus 850, 4750 payout Woo-hoo-hoo. yesterday. Watching John Rom do his thing. Yeah. But watching that leaderboard, he was not it didn't seem like he was going. He was no. kind of down there. He yeah. didn't seem like he was going. When when he became a closer like the Kentucky fucking Derby on my phone, yeah. you should have seen how excited I was getting. I'm like, this son bitch gonna do it. <laughs> COVID does make you a better golfer. Yeah. Now that is not hey. We don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. Not a doctor. My money has backed research. One of one so Uh far. So far. Testing that theory. It could be different. We'll get Diggs on a course, see how he's doing. Yeah, here we go. The celebration from Rom, too. Those two putts. It was incredible. The baby, the whole thing. I guess he got engaged to his wife or married his wife two years ago, three years ago there. It was awesome. Good for him. We have some big news for... Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart. Roman's non-prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health. Aaron, you're about to get back in the game, by the way. Let's go. Should send him some. We should. Or just send them to Walmart because it's available there. Roman and Walmart. Mm -hmm. Everything from sexual health to everyday health. Your well-being is important and taking care of it should be simple. Now you can add to cart in real life. Roman now available at Walmart. We're in your area. Let's go take care of it. And also, special Roman condoms are new and exclusive to Walmart. You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin, lubricated for pleasure, and FDA cleared because safe is sexy. 
Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation and increase sexual stamina. They're fast acting and your partner will enjoy them too because there's no passed along desensitization if you use it as intended. Longer, better sex with Roman swipes. Roman condoms keep you safe. And also, they got testosterone supplements. They got hair supplements. Roman has everything to make you the best you possible. Visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's line of men, healthcare, products. All clinically tested and make you best you possible. Joining us now is a man who has had a lot of thoughts about this this morning on Twitter and a man who I believe is perfect to give us information and make us dummies feel smart in this whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Brown. Andrew, you host the podcast, The Business of Sport. This feels like the business and sport coming together for your dream huh this is a big time to be andrew brant we need you right now bub hey pat this is for sports law business nerds like me it's a big day you know how many cases in the united states supreme court deal with sports you could probably count them on one maybe two hands over the last whatever hundred years so when something goes to the supreme court that involves sports it's big so let me get us up to date on where we are with this case Alston, as you mentioned uh, from West Virginia football player leading the charge to sort of get the NCA to loosen restraints on what colleges can give or not give to athletes. So the Ninth Circuit, with a court before the Supreme Court, said, hey, there's no restrictions on what they can do as long as it's education-related. Okay, so we're going to come back to that. Okay. The Supreme Court said that lower court, the Ninth Circuit out of California, they said, yeah, we're in. That's the deal. Nine to zero, the Supreme Court unanimously agrees with the plaintiffs, the players, that there are no restrictions on benefits that schools can give to players as long as they're education-related. What does that mean? That means internships. That means computers. That means study abroad. That means uh, internships that relate to somehow to their education. It's hard to define. But let me just say, what before we get to questions, what it is not, and I do think this is coming, but what it is not is pay for play. Okay, so I appreciate you saying that it is not because you are, you know, I feel like lawyers are like doctors. You can't say a definite until it actually is because there's so much that has to happen for something to become a definite. I understand. But with uh, Kavanaugh, I like beer. I still, I still like, like beer. beer. Brett Kavanaugh, I mean, I bet you he used to just house beers or whatever, and he probably still does, especially after making a statement like he made. It sounded like, although this is about educational stuff, it sounded like with the broader picture, and if we could pull up these quotes, by the way, the, the general sense from Kavanaugh was basically like the NCAA is not above the law. Everybody else has to pay their workers to make the vast amounts of money that they are making. The schools are conspiring with competitors to pay no salaries to the workers who are making the schools billions of dollars on theory that consumers want the schools to pay their workers nothing. Then also went on to say, to be sure the NCAA and its member colleges maintain important traditions that have become a part of the fabric of America, game days in Tuscaloosa and South Bend, shout out South Bend, by the way, here in Indiana, the packed gyms and stores in Durham, the women's and men's lacrosse championships on Memorial Day weekend, track and field in Eugene, spring and baseball, uh, world series oklahoma city omaha the list goes on but those traditions alone so it was nice this is the uh sandwich technique that you lawyers love doing let's go ahead and build it up at the front 
All right, then let's slide in uh, like the piece of meat, the big problems we have, then put the bread back on down at the bottom. But those traditions cannot justify the NCAA's decision to build a massive money-raising enterprise on the backs of student-athletes who are not fairly compensated. Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it's not evident why college sports should be any different the ncaa is not above the law was that kavanaugh saying and you're 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 you have a law degree and everything like that you know this much more than me is that him saying hey whatever other ones that you guys think is the right you know push to get this if it makes its way to the supreme court we're on your side is that what he's saying like hey let's start cooking these i know the education one was tip of the iceberg because you had means for actual law and grounds for actual thing Let's get that other shit in here, too. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, he's setting up the stage. Yes! Okay, I like beer. I still like beer. I like college football. Those motherfuckers should be paid, though. I like this. a good move by him, I think. You're you're coming to my class next. I need you to set me up like that, and then the students will just soak it all in. So listen, Kavanaugh is setting up for the next time. Most of us saw Kavanaugh, as you said, last time publicly in his confirmation hearings and everything that came out of that who knew tough that justice brett kavanaugh would be the champion of the united states supreme court for student athlete rights even in his questioning of oral arguments back a couple months ago when this case was heard he was strident against the ncaa he was after them like why is this there why are we still doing this all the things you just read he was forecasting when he was asking the questions and he wrote a savage, scathing opinion against the NCA. Now, let's temper it. That is still not beyond education-related related benefits. But he's saying to the NCA and Jeff Kessler, the lawyer who's represented NFL and NBA players, you come here next time, I'll still be here, and we're going to go further. Yeah, he'll still, he'll still be there. <laughs> and that's that was basically what he's setting the stage for, because he's saying the NCA is stuck to this principles of amateurism for 100 years. We're outdated. As you said, we got these multi-billion dollar contracts. We got a different stage of NCA athletic money, business of sports. We can't just hold on to this amateurism anymore. So now we have education related benefits. What as of today, Pat? You can't be a school that stops them from giving some fancy computer. You can't be a school that stops them from giving some high-paid internship. You can't be a school that does this stuff. Down the road, we'll see what happens with pay-for-play. But right now, anything tethered to education, the Supreme Court says, yeah, NC can't stop that. You're done. Do you think any of the other justices even realize what type of racket was going on with NCAA and the athletes? Or do you think that they are so, I mean, I assume you're busy as a justice <laughs> in the Supreme Court. And you said there's only been a handful of sports things that have ever made their way up there. Is it, and I assume there'll be more and more younger just, I don't know. I'm not even getting into that. <laughs> I saw that that made its way into my timeline. And if it makes its way into my timeline, that is not good when it comes to that whole thing. I knew Kavanaugh though, before this particular statement yeah. Oh, yeah. because of his performance at that thing or whatever. But do you think he potentially was the one in there that had to lay out the case on why the NCAA is such bullshit and that, was that why it was 9-0 or do you think the supreme court would have always been fully on the back of the student athletes if they had known that there was this type of racket going on were they just kind of oblivious to it you think yeah i think they knew it was a 9-0 decision unanimous decision uh 
this was Gorsuch, Justice Gorsuch, who was the the new, newest justice before Kavanaugh, wrote the majority opinion. He wrote the main opinion, and then Kavanaugh, for good measure, took all these shots in a concurring opinion. Yeah, it was 9-0. I didn't think there was a Justice Breyer during the oral arguments. I thought he was kind of squarely in the camp of the NCA, but lo and behold, no, it's 9-0. Listen, you just mentioned something, the changing world of sports. Take this bigger picture. Three years ago, the last case in the United States Supreme Court about sports was sports betting, where New Jersey mm. beat back the NCA, the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, hockey, saying, no, you can't stop sports gambling. And then it started in the States, and here we are today. It's you awesome. know, you've got a company like FanDuel sponsoring a big national show, I've heard International. about. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. They are sponsoring. Hey, hold on. They're sponsoring national shows, too. They needed that. You know what I mean? They, they only had regional shows, then they got national shows. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. That There's a precedent. Whenever the Supreme Court gets involved, right, that normally becomes the precedent. And that's where, like, we all learn about insert verse insert and that's all supreme court rulings right and then that's kind of how the ball gets rolling do they kind of they set the tone for all the other judges or or is that kind of how that whole world works yeah listen there's all these cases apply to be heard by the supreme court the ones that they take are like three percent of cases that apply apply to be heard by the supreme court and if they're going to take it they're going to do something so they're going to set a new market, as we saw for sports betting three years ago, and now we have for the NCA. Wow. So what we have is the NCA being told, hey, you can't hang on these traditions. You know, just because it's happened 50 years ago, just because of the way it's always oh. been, oh. we're going to do some change here. And I think it's a big moment. Now, again, no pay for play, but this is the start. This is what I call the inflection point for future changes in athlete pay. My last question for you before Ty and Connor have stuff for you, and we can't thank you enough for joining us, Business of Sports Podcast. You also have a newsletter going on. What are you doing right now with newsletter-wise? Yeah, I thought I'd add some more content to my plate. Smart. So every Sunday, I put out a newsletter called The Sunday 7, and it's just unique content for me. You don't see on my podcast. You don't see in my column for Sports Illustrated. I think it's, it's going well. A lot of people are signing up. You sign up at andrew-brandt.com. Well, congratulations on that. We will sign up for sure. Um, my last question, uh, I forget what it was. I was so captivated by the Sunday 7. You're, you're, you're going into a dry period right now, and this is a bad time, I think, to start a newsletter, isn't it? Especially because the new, I guess there's Supreme Court sport cases now. Yeah. I guess you're going to crush it. That's on us. I'm starting to look at a dry time here, but you, you're like, no, there's a lot popping off right now behind the scenes. Supreme Court's involved. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. Andrew-Brant.com. Go ahead, Todd. Andrew, this is obviously a, a big deal and like a big stepping stone in the right direction but like you mentioned you know it's not really done yet and pay for play hasn't come yet what do you think like a realistic timeline is for all this stuff to kind of get worked out it's a great question ty because what also is happening right now as we've talked about before name image likeness six states are going into effect in a week july 1 and then the end the the congress is talking about all these bills they're going to pass the nca has got to do something and something this week because these six states can't have advantages over others. Again, look at recruiting. They're going to be promising things that other state schools can't do. So you have that. We'll see how the NCA reacts to that. We'll see how the NCA reacts to this Austin decision. And there's going to be another case. I just feel it. Jeffrey Kessler, as I mentioned, he's got, he's got all these former students calling him right now. And it's going to be a busy time for the NCA to back this off. 
what the NCA has to react, and they only react, as we've seen, they're underwater to, right now, huh? To litigation, they only react to lawyers. So there will be lawyers, and there will be more lawyers. So the NCAA, Mark Emerson, in the bunker right now. He's got six states about to allow these amateur athletes to make money off of the name that their parents gave them. What? Which is a wild thing that's about to happen. He's got that. And then all of a sudden, Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court, while Mark Emmert's like, all right, we just got to pay off the right people. We got to get the right people quiet. And then all of a sudden, I like beer. I still like beer. It's like, not, not me, Pat. I mean, that is, I, I mean, it really stinks for Mark Emmert, who, you know, is always a guy who seems to stick his face into the cameras when adversity strikes. Not a guy that hides it all or relies upon a mm. word that they made up. Amateurism was made up by them, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know what? He's Some already fake framed. word. So I, I can't go into I can't go into court and say, uh, you know, the Ty Schmidtism of this particular thing is why it has to happen. It's like, what is that? Uh, well, it might be a word that we made up, but it makes sense. It's like, I never understood how that fucking worked. Like, well, it's amateurism. It's like, you made that word up. So that's, you can't just make up a word and that be your defense. Like, that's just not how this whole thing works. Happy to hear Mark Emmer might have to take some shrapnel on this entire thing. What's on, Connor? Yeah, Andrew, you just mentioned recruiting. So for this to, you know, really work, are they going to have to have like a fixed rate for everybody? Or will schools like Bama, LSU, Ohio State have like more of a leeway to, you know, give players more money? Look for Houston. Houston, yeah. Houston's got oil money, Donna. (laughs) Look for signings. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing the NCAA always worries about is abuse, and this is going to happen. You see the arms race that always happens with the facilities, the coaches' salaries, trying to get the best players. You know that's going to happen again, and that's really what scares the NCAA the most: is that we're going to have a two-tiered system if we don't already, with the haves and the have-nots, and other schools having trouble keeping up. But listen, that's going to happen. The free market has already taken care of it. And when the NCAA cries that we're going to lose athletes, we're going to lose sports, the natural response is, well, don't pay coaches $12 million. Take $5 million of that and support the other sports. And then they say, well, it's an arms race. So it's this circular reasoning. And one thing about Emmert, Pat, I, I liken him to Roger Goodell because he's no. not the one. No. No, he, he he's taken the bullets. No, so he has it. No, he so has it. He goes like this. Hey, when shit starts popping off, you know what Mark Emmert does? It's awesome to watch every single time he's gotten so good at it. You ready? It's like a tornado drill in his office. <laughs> he hides. He just doesn't say a thing. He goes under his desk and says, don't ask me. It's amateurism. <laughs> Fuck off. That's what he said. It's amateurism. Get out of here. It's right down the road here in Indianapolis. I see him do it. He just gets under his desk mm-hmm. and lets everybody else fight his wars. And he says it's it's amateurism. That guy's done for, Brent. You know it. Just, he just got a contract extension. Fuck just that. Got what? Tens of millions. Right? So Jesus. the college presidents, part of his job is take the bullets so they don't have to. You don't know college presidents. You know Armour. Armour, he's the face. And he's uh, he's taking the heat so they don't have to. How will they adjust? They won't survive. I, I, this is just like um, there's going to be leagues that pop up. It, and that's, I think that's why the old. Here's, here, here's old what I'd leave you with, Pat. I think NCAA sports is going to be uh, a two tier system. There's going to be NCAA regulating some sports and then there's going to be big time college basketball and football something else 
something else. It's not going to be regulated by a body in Indianapolis anymore. I think there's going to be a change afoot where we're going to look back in 50 years and like, really, the NCAA regulated college football? Yeah. Like, that's weird. Yeah, I agree. And I think at one point, you know, they sold their right to name a champion to the BCS, and now they have the playoff, which is cool, and it's an ever-evolving time. And I can see why traditional old-school college folks aren't happy about the future potentially looking glim. But if the NCAA and the athletes could figure out how to make it work without there being abuse, which is definitely going to happen, I think it could survive. But at this point, it's going to be tough with how much money's out there. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, man, or joined us now, a man that talks all about that all the time, new Newsletter, the Sunday Seven at Andrew-Brant.com, and also the Business of Sports Pod host, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Brant. Thank you. Joining us in studio, the Hammered Down Boys. How's it going, boys? boys. They're live 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time every single day. YouTube.com forward slash Hammer. And if you don't listen live, you can download the podcast. Its title is Hammer. Don, uh, let's. I mean, we're past it. We're way past it. Past a lot it. has happened since this point. Um, there was a lot that has happened since this happened. The England bet for the first half against Scotland that you guys were very, very, very strong on. Uh, $14,000 bet for me. $11,000 win for you guys would have been. Uh, was an absolute tie. 0-0, which we all figured would happen because guess what? It's soccer. More specific, it is the Euros, where there is a lot of this happening. You guys were certain England was going to win the first half against Scotland. They didn't. They didn't win the whole game. And now England's losing to COVID. Oh, no. At Bubba Gumpino. What is going on with the England club? And Friday, I know we're past it. You're back on the winning streak. You're doing well. We're past it. I was never upset at you. I love that you took the shot. And I love that you not only bet with your heart that has been with England since you were born because the taxes and everything like that but also you said you liked it overall this team stinks it's not coming home isn't that the case it's not it is not coming home again since 1966 right was the last time is that what Nigel said it hasn't come home since then it sounds like it's going to be out for at least another couple Uh, years out and about (laughs) the streets have fallen in love with it okay it has fallen in love with being other places than home it is now a I believe it's a street thing. I don't know if it's ever going to come home. Uh-uh. The street lights came on since 1966, and guess what? Ooh. Never came home. Now <laughs> COVID's trying to beat the hell out of Are you all right? Is everything okay? This thing, it went to the store, okay? It never came back. <laughs> I'm not coming home. 1966. <laughs> you guys are singing every single time. My dad's coming home. He's coming home. Every single, just like Ricky Bobby leaving those tickets down there in Talladega (laughs) for his dad. His dad never coming. And it feels like, it feels like it might never be coming home for you either, Gumby. That's a shame. I hate it for you. I hate it for you. You guys are passionate. Content of the video quality, terrible. But the song and the passion is awesome. And that team stinks. Is that the case? Am I wrong or am I right here? Just got to win tomorrow. Get to the knockout stage. Even a draw tomorrow, we're still through. I mean, Stones hits that he- wide open header. That that game's over. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was a sitter. Was, I mean, sitter. someone tried to tell me that wasn't a sitter. It was a sitter. You're wide open in the hey, six sir. yard box by yourself. Yeah, that has to go in the back of the net. That son of a bitch walked right into the six and just pff, sat right down. Yeah. yeah, that thing was a sitter. All I've seen it sitter right there. Uh, Who's going to play on our team, though? If COVID's running wild like it probably does, and it has in the past with a lot of different teams. I don't know if England's different. Maybe they got different air over there or whatever. But 
there's going to be a couple good players down. Maybe a couple more sitters are going to have to be standing out there. And is that good for the England squad? How's the depth? How do it, we feel? And it, who are we playing? It might actually be good because the coach might play some of the players that are good instead of sitting them on the bench. Oh, okay. there's always something, isn't there? There's always yeah. something to <laughs> bitch about. Yep. It's the ref. It's the league. Mm-hmm. It's the coach. It's this. Weather. There, there's always something. I love it. That's maybe my favorite part about soccer is it's never the team. It's never, it's never anything like – it's everything else that's going on with it. Mm-hmm. You, this, show, you show me one other team in the tournament who won their first game and changed both their fullbacks the next game. Show me one other team. Can't, if all starts your fullback, guess what? You fucking Let get him beat in the rock. You try to find another one. You don't yeah. take them out of there. No what are way. we doing at – Tone Diggs, yeah, uh, the COVID Cowboys still. I see the hat is still on. Well, I was just say England, well, England could be one of those rare breeds like I and John Rom, <laughs> and only get better with COVID. Yeah, I understand. You did get much, much better mm-hmm. during your COVID cave days. Yeah. Then you became an immunicorn, and you've only since grow since then, except for the England first half bet against Scotland. I can't harp on that enough. You guys are incredibly great gamblers, but there was a massive bet on Friday that was a loss that you co-signed against, I guess, because you were teammates with uh, Gump. Although you you faded him the first game Uh of his Super Bowl or whatever. But I I didn't know we were still going to do a cowboy hat. I thought thought there was a new sheriff in town. There might be a new sheriff in town. But over here at the COVID corral, instead of just being one COVID cowboy, I said we should build a COVID community oh. of COVID cowboys. John Rom, welcome to the corral. Uh, if England comes back and wins, they will also be welcome into the COVID corral. It's a nice little place. We have fun. Oh, so you guys are like uh, Augusta. Yeah. It's like you got green jackets, but yeah, come there's on. a cowboy hat. Yeah. yeah. That just come out of nowhere. Imagine if you sent John Rom a cowboy hat. Oh, you got him. And said, hey, COVID cowboy. Something to think about. Well, welcome to the club. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome with a belt buckle. Something to think about. Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. Congrats to John Rom, by the yeah, way. Awesome. Have you golfed since getting COVID? How did, did it work for you or just for him? It didn't. I don't think it reflects only for golf. I think it's what your, whatever your main focus is on, you get better at that. Oh, so it's like Adderall. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of like get dialed in a don't little Don't get bit. off the wow. tracks. Because you're gambling. Correct. You became the best you've ever been. Mm-hmm. John Rom golf, yeah. becomes the best he's ever been. Unbelievable yeah. golf. Is that being talked about in the asterisks? That there are potential cases where, you know, people say they're at 50%. Miles Garrett said he's 50%. Yeah. Cam Newton, I think he said that he felt a clout. Yep. So it was happening. Now, this COVID-19, I mean, eh, this thing had some depth, okay? This wasn't some shallow-ass virus. No, right? no, no. It had, at times, it was able to be spread via eye contact. we got to mm-hmm. remember that through this entire thing. A lot of negatives to talk about, mm-hmm. though. Obviously, it took out a lot of people. Uh, that is terrible. Hate it. Do not love it. Stop the entire world. There's been a lot of people that said afterwards they feel a certain way. But it feels like for John Rahm and Tone Diggs, there's a chance that they were able to get more locked in and become better somehow. That's wild. I hope that's the type of COVID I get, not that kill one. I hope it's yeah, at least thank you. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, I hope I don't get the killer COVID. I hope yeah. I get the concentration COVID. Yeah. All right, that's what I want. Steroid COVID. The different strain. You know, yeah. I, I want a little bit of the sativa indica as opposed to the murdica. Right. You know what I mean? That, that is what the, that's the COVID strain that I am looking for because in this room, that guy – Became the greatest gambler I've ever seen in my Overnight, entire life. All time. And John Rom wins the fucking open afterwards after leading by six strokes going into a Sunday in another tournament with COVID. It's like, yeah, what is it? What, how many different? I feel so bad for the people 
that didn't get those strands because it seems like you're living your best life. Mm. This son of a bitch hasn't taken a cowboy hat off since no. COVID. <laughs> Thought he was losing it today because there's a new sheriff. Turns out, no, no, it's just a whole community over there. The final test will be Chris Paul. If Chris Paul comes back and dominates in his first game back, I mean... Imagine he puts okay. up Devin Booker's stats from the yeah, first Yeah, triple, double, oh, 40, 40 points. points. Or maybe he doesn't well, have the gene that we have. I mean... The strain, not the gene. Oh, you think it's potentially... The I'm surprised that no one has contacted me for a vial of... Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who... I think went to a COVID cave this weekend for his cult. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. God, it's great to see you back, AJ. How are you? What's happening, man? I feel like it's uh, it's been a long time. I called you from the trip. I couldn't. Yeah, you know that, that never works out too well. I couldn't see you. I could barely hear you. So <laughs> sorry about that. Good to be back in in our normal uh, our normal spot. No, it's great to have you back, and we appreciated the phone call. You had a great hat on at the time. You were wearing your uh, cult costume. You had to wear. It. So is everybody in there wearing uh, Buckeye gear just the entire day? You go in the pool. It's Buckeye swim trunks. We're peeing into the Buckeye pool with our Buckeye Crocs on. Is that is that an entire weekend of just all Ohio State everything there? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, God, that sounds normally, awesome. How, think about how much money they they oh, make. Oh, over there. They, well, they yeah, they brought in over like the time we were there, like four days. They brought in three million dollars. So, yeah, they, they're Lord. they're not messing around. Hey, those cults, they get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Got to pay your tithes. Open up that checkbook. <laughs> Got to pay your tithes. You enjoyed it, huh? That I texted you. I forget what night it was. Saturday. I said that literally sounds like the worst thing of all time if i was asked to go to this it, you're an entire resort is filled with places you can't go other than your room and it may be away from if you want to get away from anything have a good time that was a work trip for you and i'm i'm incredibly impressed that you would do that just for charity what a good guy yeah, great guy aj job, AJ. he could just write a check but he says no you know what drop me in the middle of the epicenter of every oh in the country and i'll just do that for five days with my family and get zero hours of sleep or alone time aj big hey thank you you're a hero aj for charity you're a fucking hero dude hero hawk. i didn't do anything but uh i did get the text saturday i know after you had your uh, I'm, I'm sure you talked about already your golf round uh where you walked 18 holes for some reason in 700 degree weather and you said you shot a 90 but you picked up on two holes that means you probably shot a 115 no they gave what? me full they gave me full eights okay then you probably got a 15 on those holes well, maybe I could have if I would have actually finished. I mean, there's there's a gator near a couple oh, of can't do that. I asked Brent Ball into the gators, and I also heard there's a potential Florida panther roaming the land. I mean, what do you Jeez. want me to do? You want me to die on a Saturday, 150 degrees? No. Nah. Just give me the snowman. I'll keep it moving, dude. <laughs> All right, you want me to die out there. I, I will say, I enjoyed walking while I was doing it. The double hamstring cramp 3 a.m. Saturday night was something I haven't experienced in a long time. That was tough. The full old school, both legs, oh my God, stretch, stumble, stretch, locked up type thing. You think it's never going to end? I got past that, but it was a wild experience out there. I had a good time. Those are good people out there. I mean, it sounds like you were at a, a very, very nice course. Did you say what the name is? Are you allowed to? I haven't said the name, but I, I don't think I've said the name on air. I don't think. But no big deal, dude. But you shouldn't have been there is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way I should have been there. Rondé Barber, hell of a golfer. The group I was with, very good. They they golf a lot. 
You know what I mean? Like that place is for people that travel into town to golf, travel back. Even in like, I guess there's people that stay there that'll travel in middle of the week to play one round in the evening and then fly back for another meeting like the next day. I guess it's like, uh, I guess when you go there, you love golf. And I tell you what, I can see why. It was fucking fantastic. So hot, AJ. It was 150 (laughs) degrees. How was it down here? It had to be so hot down there. Yeah, it was kind of overcast most of the time, but yeah, wait. And you know, I burn very, very easily. Too, so that's yeah. why I had the old bucket hat on. Yeah. All my kids were there, so they want to be in the pool all day. It was, I'm not built for that humidity, man. Like, if I don't, if, if it's not my decision to be there, I just, I don't want to be there. Hey, imagine when, those when training camps. Imagine those training camps down there. I, I guess, like, you know, New Orleans had to move. They went to West Virginia, actually. Yeah. And they, I think they were doing some in Mississippi, maybe, because New Orleans humidity. Oh. I mean, in the, where in training camp is, I think that is initially why they're like, we got to move this thing. Like, we got to get out of here. There's some, Arizona, I assume, Ooh. in the middle of summer in the desert is bad. Miami, I assume that is tough. That would be difficult. Now, not for me, obviously. Hey, not for me. I'm just, you know, I'm just kicking a ball. But, man, that would be tough. That's a certain advantage, though, early in the season when it's hot as balls down there and you got a chance to go through a full camp with the humidity. And although your body will never actually adjust if you're from a cold town, you've at least done it a little bit to get acclimated. That is a death sentence for some teams coming down there if it's 110. That is a nightmare, AJ. I mean, you're right, especially early in the season if guys aren't really coming from that. I remember we played in Miami one time. It was one of those days where it was probably 100. It was 9,000% humidity, and it was nasty. We had guys cramping up all over the place after the game. Uh, same thing, like you were talking about cramping after walking 18. You have that thing in the airplane. There's nothing you can do. You can barely stand up to try to stretch uh, your ha, ha, <laughs> ha. And by, I don't know how – it doesn't matter how tough you are. Okay, it does not matter how tough you are. AJ right there has played through, what, a popped calf, popped groin, Torn popped pad, pec, yep. knee surgeries, everything like that. Broken hands. As soon as the, all of his fingers have been busted mm-hmm. individually, like some mob boss got a hold of him after he owed him something. Mm-hmm. He, you, I bet whenever your hamstrings cramp, there was a, ah, there was, I think it gets everybody. That is some of the, I forgot about it. It's been over a decade since I experienced that. I, I went right back to the first time I got it. I think I was like 12 or 13 in like uh, in my bedroom after like a soccer tryout in the middle of the night. My legs. I went immediately back to that moment. I was just as helpless as I was then on Saturday night. It was like, oh, my God, what do we do here? It's tough, AJ. That shit hurts. So what are you, you telling me you are going to have to work yourself into golf shape if you're ever going to win this bet? So... I want to let you know that at the beginning of the round... Hey, Rondé's a smart guy. How does he feel about your bet? So, that's at the beginning of the round, I think they were all very much calling me the dumbest human of all. All right, don't try to tell me by the end of the round they told you you were going to make it. Well, I know oh, that's where I can tell by your, you see by your tone. I think they, hey, they never gave me like... Because uh, these, these guys golf a lot with a lot of great golfers. Okay, and these guys were all much better than me at golf. But... They all, after we had a couple of drinks and we made some little changes to the swing and we started seeing some balls fly, Tony, my caddy, was starting to give me some reads. You know, some things were happening. They didn't give me like, uh, yeah, you're going to do it, but th- maybe, you know, 31 years they gave me. You know, it's a long time. 31 years is a long <laughs> you time. You could. They, so at the beginning, very, it felt like a tough crowd. You sure. know, it felt like the caddies were even all against me, obviously, and the other play- But then as we continued to play a little bit, and some shots were being showcased. So, hey, out of the pocket. Hey, hey, out of the pocket. Okay. How did that translate? 
There was a couple snap hooks, but <laughs> almost hit a hole in one. Almost hit a hole in one. Two hundred and four yard par three. Cool. Congrats. Five iron, no big deal. How you doing? Oh my so God. did you get a bogey Ooh. on that hole? No, come on. Par. <laughs> par. Hey, Mister. Usually how it goes. I two putted. Yeah, oh. two putted the shit out of that thing. Um, but I had a great time. I had a blast. AJ, I'm happy you're back. Uh, the big thing that happened this weekend, obviously, John Rom. I mean, hell in a cell, obviously. Yeah, but other than that, John Rahm went in this thing. COVID might have made him a better golfer. We, the, COVID made Diggs a better gambler. I think in this particular strand of COVID that Diggs and I think John Rahm got, it made him better all of a sudden. He said he was more relaxed on Sunday than he's ever been. Obviously, those two massive putts. Everybody's falling down the leaderboard. I'm incredibly happy for that guy, AJ. Well, I was here. Zito connected me at the beginning when you came back here at the top of the hour. And so I was watching you talk about the different strands and everything. So is – but you're trying to tell America. Diggs that he is getting – he got what, like the performance-enhancing COVID. Yeah. And he's saying, no, I just have the clutch gene, and that's what my gene does to the normal COVID. Yeah, Diggs is saying there's only one strand of COVID. It's whether or not you got it in yeah. your body. <laughs> like you actually have it. You either you're, – you're either born with it. Or, or it's not. And that's what Diggs is trying to spin, which would make him a superhuman. So right. that is why he's spinning that narrative. We're not sure if the research is accurate or not. Maybe Rom and Diggs share that particular whatever. But Diggs got much better at gambling. I mean, much, much, much better. Tenfold better at gambling whenever he got COVID. John Rom, six-stroke lead with COVID last week, and then wins this thing when everybody else loses one week after COVID. You have to wonder if it's the same thing that Diggs got. Maybe they open mouth kiss. I'm, I'm glad he was able to, to play in the event. What did he have to show? Did he had to test negative for a few days, I guess, before they would let him go to the U.S. Open? I think the big thing in everybody is two negative tests in a row. I, I think that's the NBA thing for Chris Paul right now, and I think that was them. That Now, granted, all these protocols change like weekly, daily, yeah. it feels like at this point. By the way, I was reading an article today because a couple, few weeks ago when this happened, you guys were talking about did he have to stay in Columbus, what happened. He had a Southwest flight booked or he was going to take a private plane. Couldn't do either of those, obviously, because he had COVID. He didn't want to. He couldn't drive back to Phoenix, so he got an air ambulance. Apparently, those are a thing. He hopped in a helicopter. No, it was a plane, like an a, an air ambulance plane. Hey, I want to let you know, AJ. You you were attacking us for talking about. Well, how's he get out of here? Yeah. Everybody on Earth knows he has COVID. He's not allowed to be around anybody. You remember we said that? He's yeah, so he got on a plane and he flew to Phoenix. He had to find a fucking ambulance plane. Yeah, what is that? Probably $100,000 to get that thing up in the sky. Yeah. If I had yeah. Hey, hap, hey, great plane. Got him yeah. better yeah. golf. Yeah. Got him Seriously. back. Good job, plane. Getting jo- some fluids up there. Joining us now, probably IVs up mm-hmm. there. Shout out. Shout out. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Uh, joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who was tweeted yesterday when he coming back on the show, and he said, whenever I'm asked, and I was like, Stinks should come on the show now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Super Bowl champion, Electric Factory, Fox football analyst, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Schlereth. Yes, yes What's going on, dude? How are you guys, man? Great to be back. Hey, to both of you, happy Father's Day. I hope it was a Thank fantastic you. day. AJ was with a cult down in Florida, the Ohio State cult, raising money. What did you do yesterday? Anything cool, Stink? I, uh, you know, I spent the day doing some landscaping. I, I, did, a, uh, I did a raised garden project. So uh, I did a raised flower bed around this tree that I've been uh, messing with. I started it last year. I only did half of it. And my wife said, uh, I'd like it to go the rest of the way around the tree. So uh, something of that nature. I really wasn't listening to her. So um, <laughs> Love. I did it. Love. You know, I did it. And uh, and so I spent all day out in the yard yesterday. It was awesome. Happy Father's Day. Great dad move, by the way. Yeah. Finishing a job that you started a year ago. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just classic. Um, we're talking about John Rom. I don't know if you got to see that or not. Just what, one week after being eliminated from a, a golf tourney where he was in a lead by six strokes, has COVID, has to get an ambulance plane to fly him all by himself. I assume he had hazmat suits on. on yeah, had to. I assume there's hazmat suits on that thing. Now he wins the U.S. Open. Did you get a chance to see it? And what are your thoughts on old John Rahm? Uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty amazing. It's really cool, you know, to have that happen to you. you got, like the juxtaposition of him being taken away from that tournament where he's just literally in tears you know he's just so upset about it with the big lead that he had uh that he had created in that tournament and then to come back here at the u.s open to be able to win that um absolutely amazing performance kind of one of those uh you know i don't know if you believe in the golf gods but it just feels like it was one of those karma things you know that uh that that's what happened. And by the way, the air, I didn't even know such a thing existed as the the airplane ambulance, right? Oh, that you AJ didn't even did. get one of those. Yeah, AJ knew it existed. He just acted like it wasn't that big of a deal. It turns yeah. out he had a guy to play $700,000 to get that yeah. there. I oh, mean, shit. it's unbelievable. Get out of Ohio. He was one of the only people in the entire world that everybody knew, oh, that guy's got COVID. Right there. That guy right there has COVID. I mean, that guy lost $2 million, and that guy... Has COVID. Get that guy the fuck away from me. Is what happened over there in Ohio. Happy he got home. Now he wins. I believe in the universe a lot, Stink. I think we all do. Go ahead, AJ. All right, so I hate to, to pivot away from this, but I wanted to go back to you on Twitter and what you're doing. It's it's fun to watch, but what would have been like if they had Twitter when you were playing? Would you have engaged with fans like this? Um, No, I, I probably wouldn't have. Um, and, I, you know, I, I – like – I just thought when I was playing, it was, you know, that was a business thing. You know, for me, it's it's funny. I see, I, have, I live next door to a coach who coaches in the league, uh, and, you know, he's back from back from vacation. And, like, I don't know about you, but, man, I was a miserable cuss. Like, I, I, I couldn't enjoy, like, this six weeks that they have off or whatever, I couldn't enjoy that, you know, because all I could think about it was, man, I'm going to go back to training camp, going to beat the crap out of my body. It's not going to be great. And, uh, and so I could never really enjoy the time. So I just don't think I could engage like that on Twitter. And, and here's the one thing that I would have been fine with. Um, you can say whatever you want about me. It really doesn't matter. 
Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I, your opinion of me doesn't. I, I I couldn't care less. It doesn't it doesn't affect me at all. And so I actually kind of like reading some of the hate you know that I get towards on on Twitter because oh. I think it's funny. Um, so I appreciate I appreciate that aspect of it, but. Um, I was just so focused on what I was trying to do as a player that I just don't I don't ever believe that I would have gotten too involved in that as a uh, you know as a player. Now it's now it's just good clean fun when I'm when I'm bored I just get on there and start uh, you know try you know just uh, mixing it up with people. So I, I enjoy that part of it. Well, I you know I can understand that you can do hindsight and say that you would have done this, but I'll tell you what, man, when you were laying up doing rehab or whatever at night and you had. The entire world in your hand, and that wasn't like that whenever you were playing. I right. think you would have been fantastic on there as a player, yeah. <laughs> especially with your hatred for who is it, Raiders? I think the Raiders fans, mm-hmm. oh, you would have been awesome on there. But I understand that your mindset each year was like, okay, I got to focus on this. It's a job. I got to go to camp. I, you said something there that was fascinating to me. At the beginning, was there an excitement to get to training camp? And then as you got older, you hated it? Or was it always like, okay, training camp's going to stink? Because there's some people, I guess, that, you know, there's some people that enjoy it early and then that kind of wears off year two, year three. Were you always like that? Offensive line has to be fucking miserable to think about. Right. Well, it is. I mean, there's nothing that good can happen to you as an offensive lineman, right? I mean, like, if you if you block for a running back gets 250 yards uh, rushing, you know you're a tagline at the end of the statement. Like, hey, got to think the big fellows up front, and then you know. But let's talk about me for a while. Uh, you know, but you give up one sack against a guy who's a much better athlete than you. You give up one sack, and you're a piece of crap, and that guy goes to the Pro Bowl. So nothing really good can happen to you as an offensive lineman. So um, I've always I've always believed in that. So you know, most of us are, are completely motivated out of fear and paranoia, you know, of not getting our job done, of, of making a mistake, of being singled out for holding or whatever the case may be. So yeah, it's, a, it's uh, you know, I love the, I love the camaraderie. I love the fact that you can bring five guys together from different parts of the country with different, you know, economic bas- backgrounds, social backgrounds and all that stuff. And for you guys to be good, all five of you have to be on the same page. You got to be. You got to be working together. So that's that's one of the things I love. Um, it's not the individual parts; it's the individual parts as a whole that makes it great. Those are those are really good sets, by the way. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I love the hands. I mean, the hands come right, right, right now. Boom! Yeah, right there. Yeah, you got to have the up. You got to have the gums pulled out of the holster. You got to be ready to roll. Go ahead, AJ. Mark, yeah. I think we can get him to throw his hands early. I think we can get a little faint. He's going to throw his hands. We can chop right back. I'm patient. I am. <laughs> You're coming to me. I got a spot I got to get to. Ain't that right, Stink? I got a spot I got to get to out here at Tackle. You got to come to me, pal, okay? The goal's back here. You got to come to me. Yeah. I ain't going to you. Okay, I got to get this. But I, I do have to tell you this, Pat. You got to, you know, it's imperative that you change up your sets. It's imperative oh, that one. you understand the drops, <laughs> the, the timing of the quarterback. Is it a five-step drop with a hitch? Is it a five-step drop with no hitch? Can I upkick on this five-step drop? I mean, how can I change the angle of my set, the depth of my set, all those things? you got to be thinking about that stuff. You just can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. I like the set, but we got to change it up occasionally. This is remember the Titans' offense, all right? We only run a couple plays, uh-huh. and we know them. We know them inside out. <laughs> Work nameless, like Novako. Nameless, faceless, just give it time. It's going to work. Go ahead, uh, AJ. Sorry about hey. that. Stink, I was thinking of, of the great Kevin Green and when you're talking about pass sets, what what did you hate when you're trying to block somebody? Because Kevin Green always would start with Cobra Strike, head and hands. He thought everything came from physicality. Was that the toughest thing to block? 
No, I want guys to run into me because that's what I was good at. Uh, you know, the, the guys that like run into me because, you know, I mean, from a leverage standpoint and a technique standpoint and a hand strength standpoint and just a weight room strength standpoint, so you run into me, it's it's done. The guys that gave me trouble are the guys that were almost gelatinous, you know, the guys that you can't get your hands on, the guys that, you know, never give you a – they always present this narrow silhouette. They never give you your ch- their chest. You can't grab onto their pads. Um, those are the guys that drove me nuts. You know, the guys that I had to be patient with, that I couldn't be aggressive with. So that was always the thing that was the most, uh, just the most difficult for me to, to deal with. So uh, I want you to just try to bull rush me. I want you to be the Cobra Strike. Hit me in the head, and uh, you know, there's. I mean, I, I got nothing in there but a, a box of rocks. So, um, you know, that's that's what I was hoping you would do. Rest in peace, by the way, to the legend Kevin Green. There, yeah. Um, did you say gelatinous? Yes, gelatinous. Let's go ahead and put that Jelly. on the ticker. Put that on the ticker. Here we go. Get it on there. The toughest defense alignment to block is a gelatinous one, says Mark yes. Stink Schlereth. <laughs> like Z. Z's yeah. Gelat- oh, yeah. What does gelatinous mean? That just means like wary? Like what is Well, you know, you be eating jello before, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, it, oh, that's trying to gel- balance mm-hmm. it on a spoon or whatever, you know, and it's Great jiggling balance. all over the place. Yeah. I'm not saying the guy's gotta be jiggly. I'm just saying the guy's gotta be Wait. you know, he's gotta be smooth. Wait, he's gotta be he's hard to get your hands on. That's me too. I think I could have played either side of the line if I was much tougher, you know, and bigger and stronger. Yeah. There's just a couple things that if I could just really piece it together, I think I could have been great in the trenches. I wish I could have had that brotherhood alongside you, Stink. Honestly, yeah. That I mean, that's the that honestly is the best part of it. Um, you know, I tell you, one of the things we used to do in my time in Denver it was one of the funnest things we ever did. And it's funny as I go around and consult with teams in the off season. We just talk about how to connect and how to be relational. And and one of the things we did was we would always shut down the meeting early on Friday. And our coach would just put a topic up on the board. And we would just discuss whatever that topic may be. Huh. And it was always interesting to get other people's perspectives because you could disagree with perspective. But at the same point, you need to have respect for that person's opinion and where that opinion comes from. So just from a a standpoint of being together, studying together, working together, and then understanding one another at a deeper level, um, it really, to me, it was one of the great things that we got to do in our championship runs here as a a member of the Broncos. It's one of the things I enjoyed the most about playing is just being, you know, being together and being sequestered in that room and being able to kind of have that connection with the guys that you play with. Hey, culture building is something that everybody's trying to do. And I think a football locker room does such a great job. Not everyone. Hey, there's some bad cultures. And I think Mm -hmm. all of us have probably gotten a chance to witness at least one somewhere where you're like, okay, these guys hate each other. Like This is just this is a purely business outfit here. But then once you get into a locker room where it feels like everybody's kind of, you know, all in, that is a game changer. And it's something you can never let out of your building if you have it. You can never let right. it leave. It's hard to get back. You know what I mean, Stink? Yeah. And, it, and it's got to be worked on every day. It's got to be something that is, that's worked on, adhered to, preached on a day-to-day basis. You know, one of the things, I made the suggestion to a team uh, that I was talking to uh, a week, two weeks ago. And I, I'd be interested to get your perspectives on this because – I played defense in college for three years, and um, and then I kept getting injured, and I ended up retiring from football and coming back my last year, switching to the offensive side of the ball and, and playing offense. And how 
how um, beneficial that was to me as a player because when I'd see things that were out of place as a defense, you'd always be like, well, that dude shouldn't be there. Like something, something smells, right? Something's coming. And one of the suggestions I made was, hey, you ought to do an install where you put the whole, like today in training camp, here's the morning install and we're going to run, you know, we're going to run drag slam. We're going to run, um, and we're going to run hook curl and we're going to run, you know, uh, our curl flat. We're going to, whatever we're going to run, right? We're going to put in the 19 handoff, 18 hand, We're going to do all that. And you put it in, you go out and practice it. And then make all the, the reinstall in the afternoon, make all the defensive players go to offensive meetings and make all the offensive players go to oh, defensive meetings. They're going to hate Just you. so you can understand the different issues that everybody has. And I think it would be, not only would it be a blast to kind of get a different perspective, but then to go out and try to execute that stuff as defensive linemen playing offense and offensive linemen playing defense, I just think it would be kind of a fun exercise yeah. in trying to understand what other people go through and how difficult each job is. Hey, that's an incredible idea. Hey, great theory. Great theory. But you just said it. Those six weeks of off time, you hated it because you knew training camp was around the corner. Could you imagine your fucking ass in the morning having to do offensive line stuff, a full practice, and then a follow-up meeting, and then afterwards, okay, you're going to go into the D-line. <laughs> you would have been so furious. I mean, that would have been – by the way, if I was on that team, oh, my God, here we go, boys. Hey, let's go, go learn oh. another position. Woo. Hey, by the way, well, though, tell you, here's it, what I would have liked. It's a good idea. That's theory. I would have liked to play a little D-line and, you know, and, and have the D-line coach say, hey, uh, you know, like keying all the defensive linemen as they always do about what the snap count is, you know, yeah. like this is not helping your players, right? They'd be like in, in inside, like when you're on, in team, you know, all of a sudden you hear the D-line coach go, you know, a run's called and he goes, Hey guys, really be firm in there. Be yeah. firm in there. Like, really, dude. Like, like those guys don't know. Now we're running the ball. So I'd like to have that. Uh, I'd like to have that advantage on the other side. I respect it. We're talking to Mark Schlereth, obviously three-time Super Bowl champion, offensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. Had John Elway's. This one's for John. John Elway's hands in his. Uh, ass getting footballs for a long time, a lot of success. Legendary human. You talk about the culture there, and especially with your Denver Broncos history. Mm -hmm. Von Miller had to come out and talk about this because he's Von Miller. He's one of the stars of your team. He's full blown superstar at this point. He was asked, you know, about the rumors at the quarterback position, and he had to give an answer representing the entire team and reality at the same time. Where he was like, I can't really get caught up in those because we got Drew Locke. Drew Locke's our guy, and I think he even said like you can hear about him you think about him a little bit but we still got drew and now we got teddy here as well how do you think that is for building a culture and if it's aaron Rodgers, i guess like you get aaron Rodgers in your building and tom brady is going to be on lebron james uh barbershop talk show and i guess he actually told a team that was interested and backed off at the end or he thought to himself you're going to stick with that motherfucker so i think there are a couple quarterbacks where it's like you you take them over whatever but when you're the broncos you have to hear that there's potentially aaron Rodgers coming to the team how do you block that out you think stink and have they been able to do that and how will this affect everything going forward you think yeah i mean i think you always kind of you always as, as much as offense is about you know rhythm and and everybody working together you, you're trying to make sure that you do your job 
And yeah. um, and if I do my job and everybody has that same attitude, we're going to be pretty good. I think from a blockout standpoint, it means Aaron freaking Rodgers, right? If, if Aaron Rodgers is here, well, this is an offense that's been scoring 17 and a half points a game for the last four or five years. So, like, you know, there are issues. There are, are definite issues. And you look at some of the young talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball, and I think that's got to excite you. But, you know, we used to always say, hey, young guys and potential will get you fired. I want guys that can play. Yes. So, you know, yes. I mean, you've got to be you've got to be able to kind of balance all that stuff out. But, you know, you support your guys. But, hell, we all know if, if Aaron Rodgers walks through the door, man, it changes your future. I mean, that guy is – one of the three or four unicorns that that you have in this league. So, I mean, I think everybody would be just – I even think Drew Locke would be like, hey, Aaron Rodgers, great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe what what can I learn? I think so too. Uh, Go ahead, Ty. Speaking of Rodgers stink, uh, I think, you know, it was like maybe a week or two ago that uh, Benjamin Albright in Denver reported that, like, there was a good chance that, you know, Rodgers still wants to go there and that they're interested. Uh, Being from, like, around the team and everything, do you see that? Like, is that a real chance? of actually happening or no oh i no, i definitely think there's a real chance i mean you know i, I was like i was funny because the news today was does aaron Rodgers want to stay in green bay he renewed his golf membership at the oh. green bay country club i'm like like what's the golf tournament what, what's that called 2800 bucks i mean you know at the, at the wisconsin country club in green bay i mean i, no you know, I don't like i have no idea no offense, but it can't be it, yeah, it Love can't you. be. Like, it can't be breaking the bank or anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine it's Green Bay for crying out loud. Well, yeah, that's so, what I just said. Yeah, no offense, <laughs> yeah. Green Bay. I hope they didn't take any. But you're right. I mean, you can only go off what two months a year, right? <laughs> Three months a year. Yeah. So who knows how much it would be? And when that story came up, I found it very entertaining because. I, it's been an ongoing thing with AJ over there. Some of my fiscal uh, decision-making has come into question with old buddy over there. I have numerous country club memberships around the country that are on auto pay because I wanted to golf one day, and they forced me into signing up for an auto pay two-year thing. So that is kind of – when I saw this Aaron thing last week, all he renews his thing, I'm like, I'm happy Aaron does the same thing I do. I'd like to golf today. How much do I got to pay? That's a long commitment. You can get on right now, though. Take it. Fuck it. Deal. It's not good. It's not right. But I think that is potentially what that is. But that Aaron saga, it's almost at this point hard for me to even talk about until something happens. But if he ends up at Denver, that'd be insane. You guys be a really good team, right? I mean, that's a really good squad if he ends up there. I think I think defensively, some of the adjustments they've made, some of the guys they've signed on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the way the, way the league is really constructed defensively, is different from when I was in the league where, you know, you could play a lot of cover two. You you just roll up. You say, as long as we have a great front seven, we're going to be okay. You know, and it was all about stopping the run. Now you're in sub package. You know, you're in dime, you're in nickel, you're in penny, whatever you are. I mean, you're probably 65, 70% of the time. So I think most defenses, like when I came in the league, they were built from the, uh, the front back. I think most of the defenses now are, are built from the back forward. And um, if you don't have a great nickel guy, if you don't have a great dime guy, uh, you're in trouble. It's just the way it is. And if you don't have speed at the linebacker position, you're in trouble. So that's the way defenses are built. I think they have a pretty good – they've done that this offseason. Um, and, you know, and obviously some of the talent they have on the offensive side of the ball is really good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers would help obviously develop that talent, but he also helped that offensive line, the way he gets rid of the football and everything else. Um, yeah, I think I think they've become instantly a playoff team from a 
you know, a 5-11 and 11 team that they were last year. Stink, we can't thank you enough for joining us, boss. Um, we're going to move on to probably a dumber conversation, and we don't want to take up any more of your time. We appreciate you so much, man. Anytime, man. Always a pleasure to be on with you guys. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Schlereth. Yeah! The gelatinous. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Monday through Friday, we hope to bring you conversation that is at least a little bit insightful, riveting, and entertaining. Mostly dumb shit, though. Yeah, sure. Uh, we are off Friday through next week. So that means these next four days are about to be bangers. Mm-hmm. Hashtag end of pod squad. Go ahead and give away 5K today, 5K okay. tomorrow, 5K Wednesday, what? and 5K Thursday. What? Yeah, $20,000 will be given away to people who stick around to the end of this show because you've been through a lot to get here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you do every single day, we're so thankful. Be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, that's a big part of this whole thing. Hashtag end of pod squad. And let's enjoy the hell out of this life. And then, by the way, after the break, football's right around the corner. Let's go. Let's live a little bit. Enjoy this Monday. Uh, Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful night. We'll be back, Mignogna, with another big episode. Yeah, huge show tomorrow. Cheers. Thank you.